Because Jews are Jews. I mean, you got that one, right? I mean, okay, for instance, there's, I'll get to some stuff a little later, but uh, people who are not Jewish, who criticize Jews because they're not Jewish enough, don't do that, ever. What's wrong with that picture? I've seen it in, in ministries, uh, in outreaches, all kinds of things, where people will uh, say to someone who, <laughs> who's, who's Jewish, um, Aaron Schneiderman, okay? That's a pretty Jewish name, I'd say, right, Aaron? Okay. But they will say, I picked this because this didn't really happen, okay? At least that, that I know of. They would say to someone like that, well, you know, you're not Jewish enough. You need to be more Jewish. How does a Jew get to be more Jewish? They missed the whole point of the wide array of expression that is, that is Jewish. Okay, okay, I mean, this wide array, but you see, they have a little thing of this is how you look and this is what you do. And I'll just flat out tell you, my perspective of that is that's a sin. That is a sin to tell a Jewish person uh, <laughs> how to be Jewish, all right? I mean, maybe they aren't, aren't doing something the way you want them to do it, but you're the one that's wrong, not them. So the, the cardinal sin in the movement is for a non-Jew to criticize a Jew by saying, you're not Jewish enough. What, what they mean is that I think you should have this expression. But when you look at the, the wide range of expressions that are valid, let them do what they want. All right? Because our, our prayers that they pray and ask God, okay, what do you want me Okay, how, how, do I, how do I look? Okay, the, the, the seat seat, the, the tefillin, all that stuff. You know, there's variations on how and when and what size and everything else. But you see, you're not supposed to be looking at other people. You're supposed to be looking in the mirror and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And what should my expression be? Now, for as long as I've been around, the Jewish community criticizes us with, with the line, um, we're, we're nothing more than Christians who are trying uh, to be Jews and trying to look like Jews. And the reason is it's deception because we want to trick Jewish people into thinking that you can be Jewish and believe in Yeshua and trick them into converting, leaving their faith and becoming a Christian and no longer being a Jew. Well, in all the things that we're opposed to and against, you know, we, we are certainly opposed to conversion. If you're new, hang on, all right. We don't want a Jewish person to be the thing but the best Jew they can be. If you take a look at the scriptures, and in, in the synagogue, a rabbi said to me, he said, you know, he said, everything we do, he knew I was not Jewish, all right. Although he said, <laughs> he did say I have potential, okay. <laughs> that was a compliment. That was, it was, it was a compliment. <clears throat> but... Um, he said to me, everything, everything we do here, you can do. Okay? As a Gentile Christian, you can do everything we do. All of it. It's all right here. But he says, when I come to your, and he did, when I come to your church, and he, and he had, had been, there's stuff you do there I can't, I can't do. It had to do with connection with Yeshua as the Messiah. And so when you take a look at what there is in common, there's a whole lot in common. And, and, and in Israel when they get to understand who we are, because they start off by thinking you are Christians pretending to be Jews by how you dress, by how you act, and so on. But you see, that's not true. We don't want to pre pretend anything. What we do, we, 
going to do because it's biblical and God has called us to this unique ministry. But where it gets jumbled up is the identity issue that we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks. So it's important to know your identity. And don't let somebody else tell you your identity. You tell them your, your identity. Now, that's not necessarily so easy if you're new. Because what are you anyway? Okay, what are you? Well, 30 years ago in the movement, uh, that was a part of the, the, the question. Who are we? How do we define ourselves? And so Jewish people were, were coming to, uh, to the Lord. And in so doing, people will say, well, what, so what are you? Well, and you see, the movement as we know it hadn't developed yet. And so the first question is, well, are you a Jew or a Christian? I'm like, well, I just was led to the Lord. The Lord is Yeshua. And all the people that worship him go to a church over there. And uh, um, so the name started off by, by calling us Hebrew Christians. Hebrew Christians. They, they, they looked at the, at, at, you know, the kind, of a, what, kind of what we are, Hebrews, but Christians. So they are Jewish people who converted to Yeshua, is what people would think. And then we're saying, you know what, that's probably not, not it. Because we are Jews. But we are Jews who see that Yeshua is the Messiah. Messianic Jews. So after struggle and fighting and all this kind of stuff, it, the conclusion, and by some surprising groups, he said, no, we're, we're, we're Christians. These are Jewish people. We're Christians. Then, then everybody finally agreed. They go, oh, okay. We are Messianic Jews. The definition, we are not leaving the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're not having a transfusion. But we see the issue as the Messiah. And going back to the book of Acts and the writings of the early disciples, they clearly saw themselves as Jews. When Paul writes, he, there's four or five places where he kind of talks about who he is. He never says, I used to be a Jew. He never says that. He says, I am a Jew. He says it several times in several ways. And to some surprises, uh, he never says, I used to be a Pharisee. He says, I am a Pharisee. <laughs> All right? And again, it's interesting as we study the, the book of Acts that you, the enemies of the gospel in the beginning, as you re keep reading the book, kind of turned around and became the friends of the gospel. Many, many, many Pharisees became believers because one of the things they all had in common was that they believed the scripture. And that's it right there. If, 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 if you're talking with Jewish people and they, be, they believe this book, let's discuss what it says and what, and what it means. And my friendship with that rabbi devo- developed around Bible study. On, okay, what does it mean when they say this? And so I would ask him those questions from a Jewish perspective. And by the way, I have a really high respect for his education. Uh, it, was, it was equal to uh, uh, a, uh, an attorney with a doctorate an expert in Jewish law, and he, and he was. And so the, the struggle was, well, here's what this says. What does it mean for us today, and how do we do it? The question was never, should we do it at all? But it was, we should do it. How do we do it? When it was written, we don't have all the stuff we have today. So, how do you, so, so that became the struggle. But the identity part for, for him was never, am I Jewish? He, his parents were, were Jewish. And so in understanding who we are, and, and, and he admitted, he says, I don't know how you make this work. Who, who, you're, you have Jewish people in your congregation 
who were raised in a Jewish home, had a bar mitzvah, did all that kind of stuff, and yet they have come to faith in Yeshua as the Messiah, and they call themselves Messianic and they still stay Jews. He says, I don't really see how, how that works. And so as we were explaining, he was the one who would come forth and say, well, no, well, there's, if you do that, you, they're still Jews. They're not Christians. Thinking we're talking about Shabbat, the, the holidays, uh, the, uh, uh, Zionism, all these things. And, and it's like, oh, okay. Now, Cal came out of Brooklyn, Chabad. You know, that's, the, that's, that's, that's where Chabad, their headquarters. All right? And Rabbi Schneerson was in the midst of all that. And he was telling me, he says, it's just a matter of time until his followers and he says he's the Messiah. So we were with him in Israel, uh, uh, a lot of places, and he would point these articles out to me and say, you watch, you watch the progression of this. Now, he did not believe that at all. Did not believe it. He says, you watch this, you watch this. But in the midst of all that, he all of a sudden, his eyes were, were opened. He says, I think I get it. Okay, take him who comes out of Chabad. And all of his buddies, all of his friends think that Schneerson is the Messiah. But everything else is Jewish. And the, the expression is very wide. The expression of Chabad is very wide. They're not just this narrow thing only. A lot of what they're doing is really good stuff. And they're very sincere and full of grace and, and love. And they're that close to seeing who the Messiah is. So be friends, be nice. They're not the enemy, okay? Please know that. And, and so um, what Cal finally said was, you know what? I think we're the same in our faith, and our belief, except for one thing. All of my buddies see Schneerson as the Messiah. You see Yeshua as the Messiah. But everything else is the same. I said, yeah, that's right. Now, in my case, I'm not Jewish. And they do appreciate the fact that we don't, who are not Jewish, pretend to be Jews. Because that's deception. Don't do that. We've had people who have gone to Israel and lived there for a while, and they come back and they say, they, they all thought I was Jewish. Ooh, it makes me cringe. Be honest in who you are. I am not born Jewish, but I believe just like you. Just like you, except for one little thing, is that I believe that Yeshua is the promised Messiah. And that he's coming again. And they would say, well, I believe uh, that when Messiah comes, he's going to come once and be king. Oh, well, we think he's going to be king the second time he comes. And you have a lot of good ammo in, in uh, Isaiah to, to show this. But it opens up a dialogue of not you telling someone how wrong they are. Because they're right in a lot of stuff. They're just missing one little thing. And you know what? We're talking about the, the miracles of this time of the year. And, uh, and, and the suddenlies, you cannot argue somebody into the kingdom. Don't even try it. You'll lose a friend along the way. Don't even debate it. Discuss it. Cal, we're going to San Francisco for our reserve duty. We would go uh, for, four, for four days. It's a four-hour drive. I drove. And that's why I'm still alive, I think. <clears throat> he didn't drive a car until, until he was 30. So we're cl he's closing the door on my car. And the questions start. Now the Bible, he says, Isaiah said, and we have this Bible study. Now what are the, is this answered prayer? I'm sitting with a conservative rabbi four hours each way, plus the time there with meals and stuff, talking about the scriptures. A divine appointment? You bet it is. But he did not see me as, as trying to convert him at all. 
but just answer his questions. And he has lots of questions. And the whole issue is, they do have questions. And when they ask you, give an honest answer. Because at that point, they're ready to hear what you have to say. But know who you are. Don't pretend to be something you're not. It's deception. That's, that's sin. That is sin. And, and uh, again, I've shared that at our seders, our other holiday events, bar mitzvahs, people come with a preconceived idea of who we are. They go, well, you're not what I thought. I knew those songs. You know, I knew some of those songs. I did, I did that same dance, blah, blah, blah. And so they go, oh, you know what? We just disagree on who the Messiah is. Yeah. But then what I like to hear is they say, after we do some sharing and teaching, they say, you know what? I, I see how you see that. When you put, this, when you put the Gospels into the historical perspective in the, in the book of Acts, they say, I see how you see it. It's like, well, good for you. He said, that's that close for them themselves seeing it. But the miracle is you can't talk them into it. Don't even try. There's no book you find that shows the little formulas. If you follow these formulas, at the end of page 10, they will pray with you. No. No. Those books are out there, but they're not. Don't, don't waste your money. Because it is the Holy Spirit of God that touches a heart. And he uses you when you're genuine, when you're honest, when you live the life you proclaim. Okay, don't be a hypocrite. Live the life you proclaim. And what happens is you can't open somebody's eyes. He does that. That's what he does, the Holy Spirit. And he does it suddenly. And he does it in circumstances and in ways that you were thinking, I would have never thought of that one. Well, that's just how he is. We're praying for the miracles. Don't stop praying for Jewish people. Because it's a supernatural event when their eyes are opened and they see it. And it's, it's, see, and that goes a long way because when they go back and talk to the rabbi, because they always do, you don't want them saying, well, that guy talked me into this. No. It's like, I saw it with my own eyes. I, don't, you, don't you see it? I, I, I can see it. But all you need to do is be a friend, love them, show a lot of grace, and answer questions they ask because they're full of questions. We had a, a young evangelist, not Jewish. He was invited to a Jewish home for, for Shabbat dinner, right? So he's a little nervous about this. Oh, okay. So they, they sat down. In the course of the conversation, they were asking him about what he believed. And so he, he was kind of nervous about that. They finally said, well, are you ashamed of what, what you believe? And it was like they want an honest answer. And you know what? God has set this meeting up. They're ask, it's like you went there with how to witness, but they're just asking the questions, like the courtroom. It's like you are the witness. And the attorney says, okay, answer this one. Just, just know the answers, that's all. But I have found that the Lord will only allow them to ask questions that you know the answers to. It makes you look really good. But that's, that's the way it works. You go, wow, there's so many things I could have asked me that I don't know. But they asked me the ones that I did know. But they are interested to know why you believe what you believe. I've shared this several times, but it's not just one time. It's a bunch of times where they, will want, to, they want to jump in theology way ahead. They don't work their way slow. To uh, do you believe Yeshua is God? And it's like, oh, man, it's our first Shabbat dinner. Why do we have to go to, to that one right now? Okay, why can't we, like, phase into it with prophets? And, okay. Do you believe he's God? And I go, uh, Yes. This wasn't just one time. This was a few. Yes. And, and that's all I said. 
So they go, well, so tell me why. <laughs> I go, well, okay. And it's like, this is too good to be true. They want me to show them the scriptures about his deity in their house at their Shabbat dinner. But, but I, I thought you have to do is be available, be nice, invite them to your house. If you invite them, they will come. Well, if we take a look at where we start all this, at the, the week before Hanukkah, uh, Satan's plan. How do I get rid of the Jews? How do we do this? Because the best is yet to come. God's plan is that the Jewish people, the ultimate purpose for this planet, the, the, its, its final time, will, God's purpose will come about via Jewish people. You have to have Jews for that stuff to happen. And they have to be in Israel for that stuff to happen. So Satan knows that. So he, in his history, he's trying to find some way to short-circuit that, to derail that. And we looked at all the different ways. In the book of Exodus, kill all the boy children. Kill all the boys, okay? It didn't work. Well, then the Assyrians, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all the little girl children and take them back to Assyria. And once we're back there, hang on. <clears throat> It won't take long until they're all pregnant. Then we're going to bring it back. And then those children will surely say, I'm, I'm, I'm an Assyrian. So they brought them back into what would become Samaria. And today that's uh, the West Bank. Right? And guess what? When they, as they began to grow up, they said, no, we want to be Jews. <laughs> Our mother's Jewish. We're, we're Jews. How can you do that? And so that whole plan that Satan has keeps backfiring. They saw themselves as Jews, but in the, in the Gospels you see the Samaritans as second-class citizens, uh, and that's how they were treated. But not by Yeshua. He treated them as, as equals. But they were seen as half-breeds. Well, they chose, though, for the Jewish side of things. Well, then we have uh, Hanukkah. Well, if you take away their identity via their culture, their, their history, their customs, and all these things. Okay, that's how we can get rid of Jews. So the Jewish culture, which is all about Jewish people, d- d- doesn't, their ident- Jewish identity is replaced with Greek identity. Name changes, holiday changes, the whole thing. Well, the Maccabees come to the rescue. That didn't happen because God promises that, that to accomplish his purpose, his will, you will have Jews identified as Jews in the end. Keeping Shabbat in Israel, the whole thing. So, okay, his plan, okay, the Holocaust. Well, let's just kill all the Jews. Well, that didn't work, although that uh, that close to being pretty effective. So you take a look at this. Well, okay, in, in, uh, you, 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 can, you can annihilate them all. Kill all Jews. That, that will solve that problem. You can change their identity after a while uh, they will lose Jewish identity and no more identifiable Jews. So you, you, you take a look at all the possible ways, but there's one I haven't brought up yet. won't take much time, but Satan had an idea. Well, I have an idea. Let's have everybody be Jewish. If everybody's Jewish, you don't have the real Jews as identifiable as Jews. It gets very cloudy and confusing on who's doing what's what. That's a good plan. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. But some non-Jews buy into that concept because they see, they get excited 
I can understand that, so can you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of meaningful things that go on that we connect to, that show you a picture of Yeshua, an answer of prayer, all these wonderful things that we connect to. But pretty soon we're doing, the Gentiles, are doing the Jewish stuff, doing the Jewish things, dressing with the garb, having the suit, you know, all of the, the things. And what happens is the things become the focus and doing it right. You get the little book, but no, that's not right. It has to be this and this. No, you have to, you know, to be right, you have to be careful of that. Because then if, if there are no identifiable Jews distinctly apart from other believers, he, he kind of wins. Now, where does that come from? In time past, we've looked at some of the things that are happening today within our own movement. The, uh, okay, be, believers who are not Jewish who convert to Judaism. Because they say, surely, I'm a Jew now. Is there anything wrong with that? Am I in Opposed to that, most of the time, there are exceptions to the rule where I'm not opposed, but usually I'm opposed. And the reason being is, God, be happy with how God made you. You know, one half of 1% of the world's population are Jewish. And all these miracles are done because they're so tiny and so small. And he made the nation. He didn't find one, he made one. But be content with your role. The olive tree has two kinds of branches, not one branch, but two kinds. They're identifiably different, Jewish and non-Jewish. They have a role, but they work together in the same tree with the same root and the same fruit. So be happy with how God made you. But you see, there's that aspect of I want to be something God didn't make me. Now, there are some unusual, extenuating circumstances when it comes to marrying. Let's say if I'm, if I'm uh, not Jewish and I marry someone who is Jewish, and the children, and living in Israel and making Aliyah, okay, you can see where that goes, which I think is a valid reason for conversion. But uh, be happy with who you are. So, but, it, but the other things, uh, the Ephraimite and the, the, the two-house uh, theology, that's a fairly recent one. We did a teaching on that a few years ago, and it had a nice thick handout. But it was like this. Their position, in summary, is this. People who come to faith in Yeshua, Christians, okay, Baptists, who come to faith in Yeshua, okay, that is the sign and the evidence that they're really Jews. And so they are Jewish, and they're of the tribe of Ephraim, in fact. They even tell you what tribe. Now, the danger of all that is, there's a lot of danger in that. But the main danger is that they are telling them, the Jewish community, hey, now I'm a Jew. What makes you a Jew? I come to faith in a Jewish Messiah. When Cornelius came to faith, he stayed a Gentile. Okay, the problem in Acts 15 wasn't, well, we can solve that one, let's make everybody Jews. That was brought up, actually. They said, no, they need to keep their own identity apart from ours. But we're together, we're in the same tree. So in the Ephraimite theology, uh, the, the two-house uh, theology, is you know, the house of Israel and the house of Jacob are going to be one. There's all these verses they, they, that they will show you, and so on and so forth. But they're saying that non-Jewish people who are Christians are, are the, is, is the house of Israel. It's Israel. Meaning, and here's, here's where it goes. Follow me here. I have a right to the land. Now that I'm a Jew... Okay, I can make Aliyah. And all of a sudden, 
we, non-Jews, outnumber the Jews. And you see where that goes with the real Jewish community? Not good. There's all these attempts by Satan, and the last one has been, make every, so we're all Jews. No, we're not all Jews. We're not. Paul made it clear. They could, so many times they could have said this. There's one tree, the one body of Messiah, two identifiably different kinds of branches, one root. The Gentiles soon outnumber the Jews as believers in Yeshua. First problem, Acts chapter 15. But they could have solved it by simply saying, okay, you're all Jews. Nope. Not, not at all. So your identity is important, that you can articulate it, understand it, and tell somebody who you are. And uh, tell the truth, not in deception, but I'm a Messianic believer. I believe the scriptures, cover to cover, that each and every single word in this book was God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I believe Yeshua is the Messiah. All the things that Jewish people do, I can do, because I find meaning in every single one. I do it by choice, not, not of, of obligation, because it reveals and points to who the Messiah is. Paul said, Torah points to Messiah. It doesn't point to itself. It points to Yeshua. So anything in Torah I can do by choice, not because I have to, because I want to. It's meaningful to me. And I can help others. It points them to Messiah as well. So it's nothing magical. It's the, the word of God revealing. The whole point is it reveals Yeshua. I mentioned last week our, our statement of purpose, statement of faith. There's, there's some out there. We've got the whole thing. It's one of the first two pages. But take what you want. But point two, we exist to proclaim Yeshua as the Messiah of Israel. Number one is we exist to worship the God of our fathers, our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All this points to him. Yeshua came on the scene. He said, follow me. Follow me. Some people are following other stuff. Follow him. He's the most... Jewish person that ever lived, all right? The most Jewish person that ever lived. And the most Jewish thing a person who is a Jew by blood can do is come to faith in a Jewish Messiah, prophesied about by Jewish prophets in a Jewish land. And you can show them who that is. Like the little kids say, I know who loves you. We can say to them, I know who has fulfilled his promises that he made to you. He will keep all the promises he made to you. John, come on up. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we can look to you to keep your word. It's a sure thing. It's a done deal. Lord, I pray that those who are believers, but in good faith, keep trying to be something they're not. I pray they would be satisfied with who they are and see that they are, in fact, a light to shine to Jew and to Gentile. And that you have created us to work together in a support system. And we see the book of Acts that the, when Paul arrived in a community, he went to the synagogue and who was there? Jews and Gentiles worshiping together the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, believing the prophets of Scripture. And that's the model for us. And I pray, Lord, that we would not be critical of others or accuse them of doing something wrong, but keep looking in the mirror as Paul said, then examine yourself just to make sure you're in the faith and that you're doing the right stuff. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son to be the critic of other people. I don't think so.
We're to be lovers, not fighters. And it's okay to say, I don't know, when you don't know. Thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us, expressed in the Messiah, and the word which you gave us that's faultless. Help us to be experts in both, in Yeshua's name.